0: Check out EssentialHouseRadioShow.com for all the latest information on the show. So just rounding off this week's Essential House Radio Show's vinyl vault track is the sounds of Andrea Menendez and Bring Me Love. We'll play you the classic Frankie Knuckles track. Excellent link there, because Frankie Knuckles was one of the Chicago house DJs, and so was this guy we're going to be chatting to next. It is Mickey Oliver. Sit back and listen to his interview. He's a very, very, very interesting man to chat to. We could have spoke for absolutely ever. We're going to be chatting to Mickey for the next 20 minutes or so, and then we're going to be in the mix with him. This is Mickey Oliver. Get your weekly Essential House Radio Show fix. Search for us on iTunes. Going back a few years, you were one of the founding members of the Hot Mix 5. How did that all come about?
1: You know, it it was a really interesting time Um, because back then I'd only been DJing five months when I made my way on being, well I should say I was selected to be on WBMX, but this innovative program director by the name of Lee Michaels, uh, he was like uh, a new up and coming uh, radio programmer director. And he had a vision that he wanted to bring the art of turntablism to radio. This is going back to 1981. And so what he did was, he kind of did his research, he went around Chicago, he even went to the warehouse, he went to a lot of places, and uh, DJs from across the Midwest started submitting tapes. Well then he decided to tighten it up after a few months, and he chose what he called the Hot Mix 6. And so there was. A, they gave me a call first, and they selected me. And I was like, wow, I was really flattered because I had no idea. I was the new guy in the block. I'd only been DJing a short time. The other guys were established in the Chicago clubs. So he called the meeting, and only five guys showed. Uh, the sixth person was an, a nice guy by the name of Jeff Davis, but he was more interested in being the hot mix one. So it ended up being the hot mix five. So that was pretty interesting, kind of like the fifth Beatle kind of story so the five of us then um became this group and lee says we're going to make this uh corporation off the get-go because i just feel from my research he was really big into research really brilliant smart man and he goes mickey you're going to be the president and uh and i says whoa i don't know about that i got all these guys there you know they've been around long enough i don't think i really want that and he goes no nope, you're doing it and i says well okay so those years i ended up being the president of our group and uh, within a year or two oh I should backtrack this was the worst station in Chicago the worst radio station even the signal stunk and my mother used to tease me all the time she's you sure you don't got a girlfriend you're taking the bus to Chicago because I was in a suburb about an hour away in Indiana she goes and I can't even pick up this radio station so my mom was always like kind of like teasing me about the whole thing well within a year our mixes created a humongous audience the radio station got money the signal got stronger and we found ourselves within two years the number one music station in chicago it was incredible from being the worst music station of the first and uh we had our first event i think it was a year later and lee michaels announced his radio jocks and when he announced our names, the Hot Mix Five, the place exploded. And he looked over at me and he goes, what have we started here? And you know, we had no idea because we're just a bunch of kids having fun. And we had no idea that our turntable skills at that time were pretty far advanced in the world. Uh, And then there was inner competition between us. But I mean, in a friendly manner, like if Ralphie Rosario would come up with a a cool trick I go oh wow I gotta you know do what he does and I got to do it one better you know so I got to make myself look good and Farley uh, and me and him started doing scratching and and really perfecting it and so we, we had no idea that we were really honing our skills so strong and this was in going from 81 to 85 and what was interesting in this time frame if you read all these documentaries about the history of house music They're so incorrect because the people they're interviewing are not really sources. They're people that were friends with sources or in the circles So when you see when I see these documentaries all of us guys we kind of shake our heads a little bit There's obviously a lot of facts, but I think the real story is not out there um, the warehouse was a club that was doing really well now keep in mind the club held 300 people and there was a ton of other clubs in chicago too and we had listeners of millions and there was no internet so so between 81 85 this new genre called house music was starting to percolate and form nothing just starts overnight where you know I, i see a lot of stuff that says that it was about 90, 1985 house music became an actual genre and uh, there was a club called the warehouse like i was mentioning and uh, there was two djs frankie knuckles and ron hardy well they weren't good enough to make the hot mix five they tried out and even over the years um i think we very first had them, had them start guesting on our shows about 85 but there's a lot of story that that's where it started it's so um incorrect uh, I mean, I love those guys. They were like my best friends. All of them were. But to say a, a club of 300 people started a genre is is kind of an incorrect statement. But the guy the guys played the club was called the Warehouse. So people wanted to be cool and say they were going to the house. And the house was playing soulful disco. And and there were great DJs. Just the mixing skills wasn't to the level of the Hot Mix Five. But at that time, uh, not that many people were were. But today, you know, DJs are way more fluent there's guys in the world that are are you know amazing djs uh so i mean at one point this is just this one point in time i was referencing we were our skills were probably a little bit ahead of the game not so today today you know i feel like we're one of many <laughs> a lot of great djs out there but uh, as people went to the club um this soulful disco was happening in that 81 to 85 era. Well, soon there was a couple guys in Chicago. One, Jamie principal that made an eight-track using a drum machine and kind of a bass, cool bass, which you know, I would classify as a house bass, and vocals. And the cassette tape got passed around, and actually the guys at the warehouse, Frankie and Ron, were playing it, and I think so were a couple other people. And uh, it it really opened a lot of ears. And then there was a few more guys started doing it, and us in the Hot Mix Five. We were so approachable that we played everybody's tracks because we wanted to be, you know, yeah. we're just like them. We're all kids, really, growing up. And all of a sudden, we started incorporating elements of what became house music. Rocky Jones started the label to start put out uh, records on DJ International, and he, he provided a vehicle for kids to start taking these cassette tapes and making records of it. Larry Sherman had tracks records, and he started um, doing the same vehicle. And we would play everything for them, as well as making our own tracks. And during that 81 to 85, I know that one day I showed up at the radio station, and I had a drum machine and a sequencer and a keyboard. And Lee says, what are you doing? I said, I was going to make some tracks. But again, this was still pre, before house music. You could say, yeah, that's a genre. So we were even doing it on our own at the station, as well as people across the city. Um, And I always see stuff that people say, hey, I invented house music. But the Brooklyn Bridge, as they say, was never built by one guy. It was a collaboration of the city of Chicago. We were just the Hot Mix Five in a fortunate situation where we could play all these songs to millions of people. I had a couple famous guys, you know, house guy producers that came out of here saying, well, uh, Ron Hardy played my song, broke my record. And I said, excuse me, a club of 300 people? I said, sir, I love you, but we had millions of listeners. We made you. We made it. We broke basically every house record. And it was uh, just an amazing time. And it was right after 85, I think it was 86. All of a sudden, I had people showing up from UK, even at my house. And I was like, how did you guys even know about me or find find me? And they go, no, you don't understand. You guys' tapes are being sent all over the world. So what you say, you're saying to yourself, this new genre at this time, we identified it and called it house music. We kind of took the name house and uh, gave it the identity of drum machines and soulful vocals and these uh, deep house rhythms, you know, fantastic rhythms, these wonderful producers in Chicago that all their music that all of us were playing. And, uh, But I couldn't understand how these guys found me because there's no, inter- you know, no internet back then. But people re- recording our cassette tapes and sending them all over the world. Uh, right around that time, I would be getting hired in Houston and I'd show up and a guy would pick me up and he goes, Hey, I'm the Mickey Oliver of the group and this is the Ralphie. And I says, well, but we're not even broadcast here. We're only broadcast in Chicago. How would you even know? And they're like, oh, no, you guys don't understand. Your tapes are sent everywhere. And you guys are famous, and I go famous. You know, we—it was just so hard to grasp as a young kid to understand that—that that, that it was nothing more than what was happening in Chicago. Uh, shortly after, I found myself playing in the UK about every month, and all around Europe and Ibiza. It was a, uh, and I still couldn't understand. I'd ask these the promoters, "Are you sure you want to fly me in? Don't you, there's got to be like super guys better than me there." And they go, "No, you guys are just." breaking all these records, this radio station and we just you know, want to hear that vibe and it was so flattering I, I just can't tell you how warm you know, I felt for the people wanting to fly me to another country to DJ when uh, shortly, just a few years prior I was just doing it in my bedroom <laughs> uh, just a, such an amazing time
0: So it blew up a lot quicker and a lot bigger than you were ever expecting then?
1: Yeah, it, it just it blew up it just blew up out of nowhere. And, you know, like I said, today it's a worldwide lifestyle. And it all happened from that innovative program director that had this vision to bring the art of turntable, turntablism to radio. And it ended up being Chicago imploded with this new sound because we had this vehicle and of playing stuff on the radio for the city of Chicago. You know, that radio show set the all-time listening audience for in a major market. I mean, the records were just incredible. I remember the Birch rating had us at 60 to 70% of people 12 to 65 or listening to that show. It, it was amazing. That's unreal. Do you still
0: stay in touch with the guys from back then and the guys that you're doing the hot mix stuff with?
1: Yeah, very, very good friends. Me and Farley are our best friends to this day. Right. Uh, Ralphie, uh, all the time. And. Um, Kenny, we, I see him spottingly, uh, Scott a little bit, but mostly I'd say uh, Ralphie and Farley were like really still really close.
0: So do you think you'd ever get back in with the guys and try and recreate stuff from back in those days, or even maybe even bring more music out, more tracks out?
1: Uh, yeah, absolutely. Ralphie's gone on to uh, make the Grammy Finals a couple of years ago. I made the Grammy Semifinals a uh, year after him, in two years ago. Uh, And so we're both doing quite a bit. I know Farley's doing a little bit, too. He's been doing a lot of touring. Um, I started Hot Mix 5 Records myself and uh, did a song called My House is Bigger Than Your House. And then the second track we put out, uh, I I told Kenny, Jason, and Ralphie Rosario, because they didn't have the money at the time, I said, I'll start it. I'll do the first one. We'll take the money from that, and we'll do... Uh, a track from one of you guys So we did You Used to Hold Me The three of us And wow, it is amazing Our second track did, had such a huge response
0: <laughs> okay.
1: So how do you think the music The house
0: music now especially Obviously back when you started How do you think it's progressed And where do you think it is now There seems to be a lot more Like The deeper stuff that's coming around seems to be going back to the very early days and when it was all starting to, so you know a lot better than me, when it all first started. How do you you see the genre going and how do you see where it's going to be in a couple of months' time?
1: Yeah, it's interesting you say that. It's gone full circle. Mm. Uh, Deep House is now coming back to its roots. I'd say it's uh, pretty close to what we did, just a a tick more... um, We were a tick more soulful but it's really close like you're saying and so it's really good to see that because for a while their house the vibe was kind of a little bit off off center i thought and it's good to see it's kind of come back where it is uh you know it's interesting that people are calling me now for a wbmx set i played in amsterdam about a month ago right and it was amazing that people knew the lyrics to the talia disco and the chicago classic house songs and they're in their 20s and it was a real head scratcher for me to see that I have other people calling me for just classic house sets so it's amazing how that vibe has come back really strong so it just tells me that the new productions that people should do should kind of follow think about following that uh, framework of the, how those songs were made it seems like it's just strong right now like still
0: going back to the roots type of thing
1: yeah exactly so you mentioned all the
0: stuff, mentioned all the touring and everything. There must be at some point there must have been a gig where you've stood there behind the DJ stand and looked out and thought it doesn't get better than this. Can you remember which gig that was?
1: Um, you know, some of the best places I think I played was I did some big festivals with Lil- Lolita Holloway, Little Louis Vega, Frankie Bones, and in the UK and I remember going there for sound check and it was an empty field and this is at the beginning when people are doing it I go who's going to come out here and the promoter was a good friend Tim he was laughing he goes oh Mickey we're going to be packed and so we had the tour buses and so uh, Damon DeCruz was an old friend from uh, I think Jack Tracks Records he goes hey can I take, take Mickey I want to go take him out to dinner and show him around he goes sure Damon but have him back and so when I came back I couldn't believe it the place was like tens of thousands of people. I was like, wow! It was just like a, amazing. It was probably a, a good memory and then playing at Alexandria Palace a few times with Paul Oakenfold and others was momentous occasions.
0: So I mean, out of, obviously staying in touch with all of what's happening nowadays as well, out of all the up and coming on newer DJs and producers that are coming through, who's catching your right eye at the moment?
1: Um... I'd say there's a lot of guys uh, on the on the big level. I like Calvin Harris's vibe. He's not too far out there in, in America. He's doing quite well. I'm not sure in the UK. Um, a lot of lot of good stuff. I know Andy uh, uh, Midnight Riot Records. He just put out a, a nice Back to the Roots Chicago Classic House. I'm not sure who did all the mixes, but there's a lot of good stuff there. Uh, and uh, so, oh, also DJ International Records, Rocky Jones has commissioned me to take as many or all the classics I want of his and to redo them. Ever since I made the Grammy semis a couple years ago, he's, I've been getting a lot of great, great remix work. So he asked me, he goes, I want you to take It's All Right, all my classics and redo them today. And, you know, feel free to take the direction you want so I'm really having fun with that I'm just finishing Lolita Holloway's So Sweet and then I'm going to be doing Sterling Boyd's It's Alright right behind it so I'll be having a stream of those coming out besides a uh, EP that I'm doing an 8 song EP
0: Brilliant so for the DJ International stuff will that be like an, a, a remix album type of thing or is it just going to be obviously different remixes of the tracks and then just re-releasing them separately
1: um, I think it might start out with a couple of re Releases separately, then I'll probably end up in an album, I'm sure. Well, right. oh,
0: I'll definitely be looking forward to that then, because I've got a lot of them on vinyl as well. Oh, nice. Um, so, what are you doing with yourself now then? Have you got much planned over the summer? Are you going to be out and about gigging, or are you going to be writing all, all that DJ International stuff?
1: Well, probably a little bit of everything. Um, I'm um, planning on doing a tour to Amsterdam and Europe in September and probably something in the UK in June um, I had my own television show in America right. and I actually had a live stage theater show portrayed in theatrical form the history of house music at the Planet Hollywood Complex in Las Vegas right on the strip and that was a First time uh, a DJ had kind of a theatric show. And I sang and I played and I uh, did a turntable scratching exhibition and it, and it, it did really well for me. Right. And then I filmed an entertainment variety show called Intensity off one of my classic records. And uh, that was a entertainment variety show that got played all across America nationally. So I'm actually doing a new Radio station format. I'm doing a multimedia radio station, audio and video. Where we're going to have um, it'll be it'll be I should say in a radio station format setting where we'll interview musicians, top DJs, uh, Vegas celebrities. The uh, B-roll when songs are playing will be a car going down the Vegas Strip, so people can see what Las Vegas looks like at the current situation. Also, uh, we're going to be doing fact finding undercover scenes of the underground of music in new york london amsterdam and across the world so it should be kind of fun so i'll be doing that besides uh the new dj international stuff and a new ep i'm doing
0: wow that sounds as though you're gonna be very very busy um so are you gonna be back are you gonna be working with the guys from yaga rosa or was that just have you got something in the pipeline with them anything you can talk about
1: um i'm sorry my connection Fizzled there
0: for a minute. Um, Are you going to be working with the guys from Jaeger Rosa? Are you going to be putting the track together with them? Because they seem to be having massive success at the moment as well.
1: Yes, we're collaborating. Um, They're actually going to do uh, a Lolita Holloway version with me. And I know the guys are super excited about that, and so am I to be working with them.
0: Check out EssentialHouseRadioShow.com for all the latest information on the show. So, massive thanks there to Mickey Oliver for chatting to us. We we could have chatted to him for absolutely hours and he's one of the most interesting people I've ever spoken about about house music. Really, really nice guy and hopefully we're going to be catching up with him on the show very, very shortly again. But for the final 40, you're going to be in the guest mix with Mickey Oliver. Essential House.
1: Hi, this is Mickey Oliver. You're in the mix with me on the Essential House Radio Show. The Essential House Radio Show Guest Mix.